All right, so you've taken on a job, you've agreed the deadline with the client, and then they come to you with a hard drive or several hard drives of footage, and you take a look, and they have given you hours and hours and hours of footage for a two-minute video. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, how on earth am I going to do this? This is a nightmare. Well, if that's ever happened to you, or if you predict that, well, I can predict it will happen to you at some point because it happened to me over my, my career many, many times. Today's show is going to help you overcome that anxiety and give you some step-by-step action points to take to find the bits that you need in the, you know, find the needles in the haystack, find those little nuggets of gold. All right, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the video editing podcast from Unsplice. Hello, my friend. Welcome back. And it's good to have you here. If you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, This podcast is very much about giving you real world practical tips to help you build trust with clients so that you can become top of their go-to list and improve your freelance video editing career and get you to where you want to be. Um, This episode is a little excerpt. Uh, I sometimes overpronounce that and overenunciate because of the PT at the end. Excerpt, excerpt, excerpt. Anyway, uh, it's a small section of a full length 90 minute course that is available within Unspice Pro, and that course is called How to Get Hours of Footage Down to Minutes. Part of our goal to bring practical, real-world knowledge and applicable skills to editors um, to help them with real-life projects. You know, these are the kind of things that you will experience as a career video video editor. Uh, These are the kind of um, battles that you have to go through, the kind of problems you'll come up against. And um, after 15 years in the industry working with clients like Vice, BBC, and looking at commercials and documentaries, I have seen almost everything. And um, so these teachings are essentially my way of giving back to my younger self all the tools I needed to actually accelerate my career and become an expert faster because um, it's a lot easier to learn through courses and through podcasts than it is um, 10 years of trial and error. So this is a little 20 minute excerpt from a 90 minute course. If you're interested, by the way, head to unspice.com forward slash pro because on April the 1st, the cost is going up. So if you get in to Unspice Pro before April the 1st, 
you will get in at the lower and the lowest rate possible and you'll get access to everything. As the price that you pay when you join is the price that you will pay for as long as you're a member. So you'll secure that price. If the price changes ever, you won't be affected. So get in before April the 1st to secure that lowest rate you'll ever find on Spice Pro. On spice.com forward slash pro. So this 20 minute um, course is going to be super useful if you work in documentaries and you have, are often given days of footage sometimes with no shooting schedule so they just shoot a load of stuff and then go here you go make something of it or even social content where they have shot 10 or even 20 hours of footage for a two minute video and it's overwhelming and unnecessary and this has happened to me on many occasions if it hasn't happened to you you are incredibly lucky but it will happen at some point so Let's start from the beginning of the process and go through, and then I will stop when we get to about the 20 minute mark. So what the first thing you is something you are not going to do. Let's talk about what you definitely, definitely do not want to do. And that is watch all of the footage in real time because you don't have time. Let's say, for example, you are working on a job and they've set the deadline for four days. It's a short form piece of content uh, you need to deliver in four days. And they've given you 10 or even 20 hours of footage. It's going to take you over half of that time. If it's 20 hours of footage, it's probably going to take you the entire four days just to watch all that footage back in real time. It's just not possible. And here's the thing you've got to think. You may need to sort of reframe everything in your mind because yes the client has come to you for a solution as in you are the one editing but you did not create this problem so this is technically not a you problem this is a client problem however it is your duty as an editor to deal with the time schedule and deliver a product to the best of your ability in that time. So you are essentially damage limitation. You have to communicate very, very well with the client what is and is not possible in that time. You shouldn't be working yourself to the ground, working overtime and through nights to deliver the project in four days. That will burn you out. It will affect the quality of your work anyway, and then any jobs that you do after that, you'll be burnt out. So it does not, it doesn't do you any favors if you try to work through the night and impress the client by delivering in four days, your absolute best work. The best work you can do is the, is the best within the time scale whilst keeping your your health and your wellness about you because if you give eight to ten hours a day that's and there's no budget for overtime then that's all you can give and you have to do your best within that 
timescale to deliver. Some of the things that we're going to talk about today will help you deliver in that timescale, but that's a, a way to reframe everything in your mind. It is a client problem. It's not a you problem. However, it is your duty as an artist, as a technician for hire, to work within the boundaries of the brief that you have been given. And your brief says four days. So that's when you've got to try and get it done by without burning out. Because poor planning on their part is not an emergency on your part. So the first thing you want to do is communicate. Speak to the client. Yes, they created this mess. However, it may not be, they may not even know. If you're speaking with a producer and they've outsourced all the, the um, footage to a camera operator, the camera operator may have shot for a brief that may have changed before it came to you. They may not have been briefed properly. Um, there could be all sorts of miscommunication between the um, producer and the camera op. It could also be there is no camera op um, and producer. It, you're just working with a filmmaker. That's the director and the filmmaker and the camera op, one person. Um, regardless of who it is, whose fault and where the miscommunication is, isn't really your problem. And so there's no point in bitching about it because it will only make you look bad. It's a problem and it's you and the client versus the problem. The problem is there's too much footage and it's a tight turnaround. So speak with the person, the filmmaker, the camera operator, the producer, or all of them. Get them on a call. First thing we need to do, let them know you've overshot. There's too much footage for me to go through in the amount of time that we have to deliver this. So in order for me to deliver on time, I need to know certain things. So these are the sort of things that you want to ask on this call. You want to find out what each scene is about that they shot. What each scene is, uh, what actions happen within those scenes, and perhaps if there's some interesting dialogue from that. So let's uh, imagine a, an athlete. It's a branded piece of content and it's an athlete and we follow them on their daily routines and their training exercises as they prepare for a competition. And it's sponsored by Nike and they wear Nike clothes. That's an example. Well, the filmmaker might decide to just shoot their entire daily routine. The moment they wake up, they hit their alarm clock, they have breakfast, they have, um, you know, they shower, they get into their gear, they go out for a walk, they commute, they train, they speak to their family, they come home, they go out, meet their friends for dinner. They do, you know, that could be quite a fairly typical shoot. You want to know what happens in each scene. Why is it important? Why is it important that we, we view this person cleaning their teeth? Is it or is it not? What happens in each scene? What are the good things? What are the good actions and what are the takeaways? And what's the purpose of that within the frame of the entire video? 
once you have that information, you can then, you know, as you're scrubbing through all the footage, what's good and what to ignore. More importantly, what to leave out. Whilst you're on this call, also worth asking about any good takes or bad takes. Let's say, for example, they're making breakfast and they decide to get the um, get the talent to make breakfast three or maybe four times because they want to get it from different angles um, or they decide they want different meals or for, for whatever reason. It doesn't just happen in scripted content. It happens in unscripted content as well. It might be repeated takes or uh, an interviewer might ask an interviewee to answer one question many times. Speak to them and ask and find out what are the good takes to take away. Record the call that you're having with the client or make notes of everything. Once you've done that, you should be, while you're still on the phone with the client, ask them if they have a paper edit. Now, a paper edit is normally something that you would find with documentaries, uh, unscripted, because what is what that is, is a transcription so all of the dialogue, all the dialogue footage that's been recorded has been transcribed, converted into text, written text, in a sort of script-like format. The producer will go through, copy the text that they like, they think that should live in the final film, copy it, paste it, and they'll kind of paste it into essentially a really, really rough script. That is a paper edit. You can ask the producer or the filmmaker if they have a paper edit, if they can provide one. Now, it doesn't have to be even as deep as that. It could quite simply be a list of bullet points. Okay, so regardless of what they shot, how does the filmmaker imagine this film is going to pan out? Okay, so scene one, we're in the bedroom, this person wakes up, they hit their alarm. Okay, we've got the scene. We know we're looking for the bedroom shots. We know we're looking for them waking up and hitting the alarm clock. And then the next paragraph, the next bullet points in this paper edit could be, um, they make porridge, they make a cup of coffee, and then they head out. Okay, so now we know we don't need the footage of them cleaning their teeth. We only need the footage of them making their porridge or sitting down to eat the porridge and leaving the house. So by having this bullet, these very, very basic bullet points, Athlete wakes up, hits the alarm clock. Athlete makes porridge and coffee and leaves the house. Athlete arrives for training and then starts, gets changed into their training gear, starts training. If you can have those bullet points, you know exactly the footage that you're looking for. Now you know you're not looking for any footage where they're in the car because there's no mention of, you know, them singing in the car or enjoying the car journey to training. Um, there was no talk about, you know, conversations that they had with friends on the way or catching up with their, um, their parents on the phone. None of that. So you have a list of exactly what you're looking for. And more importantly, what you're not looking for. So that is essentially a paper edit. And that can come in a longer, more detailed format or a bullet point format. Once you have, you can hang up the phone with the, with the client now um, 
and hopefully they'll go away and provide you with a bit more information to make your life a bit easier. Now, and actually I would have done this before the call, um, review, go back and re thoroughly review the brief and the treatment. So if there is a written PDF treatment about what the film is about, what they're going to shoot, um, I'll just or a basic brief, a few paragraphs of what the film is about, what they're going to shoot, and what the outcome of the film is. Review that thoroughly. That is going to give you some bullet points, essentially, <clears throat> of the beats in your film and the scenes that are most important to the story, to the entire narrative of that edit. That way, you can find and pick only the shots that relate to those specific beats, those points in the story. So now you have a thorough understanding of the brief and the treatment. You've spoken to the filmmaker, the producer, the camera operator, um, and you have a, a more thorough understanding of what the actual film is going to be like and the each moment within that film. Hopefully you'll now get some help from them and they'll be able to come through and give you some guidance on how to find the best shots and what, what's worth taking. Once you've done that, it is definitely worth creating a string out. So a string out is quite literally a timeline with all of the footage dropped on it. If there's multi-cameras, if there's any multi-camera shoots or scenes, then those cameras are laid on top of each other. All the audio is synced. If there's separate recorded audio, that is also synced. So you've got multi-layers, multi-tracks, but essentially everything that is shot chronologically from the start of the shoot to the end of the shoot over however many days is all on one timeline. That is your string out and you can add markers and label it, organize it how you like. The power of that string out is that you can scrub through the entire shoot from beginning to end very, very quickly. So you get a general understanding of what's been shot, where they went, how long they spent in each place. Um, and now you have your bullet points from the client. You can match that with your string out as you scrub through and you go, oh, there's that scene that they were talking about. Let me just quickly look at that. And now you have a very small section of that of the entire shoot that you need to focus on, only that small bit, rather than the entire thing. So those bullet points that you got from the client are super useful for helping you navigate that string out and figure out where you should be paying your attention. So you watch it back, double time, because time is short. And here's another fantastic tip. If you are working within Premiere, you can transcribe that string out. So now you have subtitles across every piece of dialogue, across the entire string out. Now you don't even need to play it back. You can scrub through and skim read everything that's being said and you know, oh, they're talking about that thing that the client wants in there. Here we go. I'm going to 
focus on just this section without even playing anything back. I'll cut it in there, and, I'll, and that's when they stop talking about it, cut it out there, and then pull that piece of footage. If you don't have, if you're not working within Premiere, you can, of course, get your footage transcribed. There's loads of websites out there. I sometimes use rev.com, R-E-V, I-E-V, is there even a letter? R-E-V.com. And um, you can get your footage transcribed pretty quickly. There's also Trint, very, very good. Um, uh, of course, these aren't free, but they are very, very useful if you're having to deal with huge amounts of footage in a very, very short deadline, worth the extra few dollars. Um, and so, yeah, having that, you will also be able to use the find function and search for keywords. So if you know that you want to flag every mention of, using our earlier example, let's say they're a tennis athlete, we want to find every reference of the word serve. They want to talk, we want to talk about their serve and how good they are at serving. Now you can just search for serve and you've got all the instances where they talk about their tennis serve. Really, really useful for finding footage very, very quickly. So now that you have a string out, you have all your subtitles so that you can watch it back without actually watching it. Um, think about the shiny method. So the shiny method is um, an acronym. It's S-H-I-N-Y, which stands for start, identity, nuance, start, sorry, start, human, identity, nuance, and why though. And that relates to overcoming blank timeline syndrome. So once you, ha once you have you're starting a timeline completely fresh. You have nothing on there. Thinking about this framework helps you finalize what it is that you are looking for, pinpoint the kind of footage that you are looking for. I'm going to run through what each of them stands for right now, but essentially it helps you overcome blank timeline syndrome and pinpoint the footage you're looking for. So S stands for start. You've just scrubbed through the entire all the footage on the string out. So what's the best way to start this film? Think about how you can create a really, really powerful start to the film. Once you do create the start, that is going to inspire you for the rest of your edit in terms of pacing, in terms of the vibe, um, in terms of how you go about creating the entire thing. It's also going to give you that little buzz. Like, okay, I've created the start, I've created the intro now, I can move on to the rest, and I feel invigorated, and I feel like this is something I can tackle. So how are you going to start the film? How are you going to open that thing? H stands for human. Human relates to the human on the other end who is watching it, your audience member. Who is the human watching the video that you are making. What sort of things do they like? Perhaps their demographic, their location, all these things. And where are they watching it as well? That will dictate so many things that relate to the identity of the film. So I is the identity. That is the music, the sound effects, 
the editing style, the graphical style as well, and the colors. All of these things create the identity of the film, the video that you are creating. And that should relate to the human because the human on the other end will have a certain taste in music. They'll have a certain taste in the type of films that they like to watch. Also the platform, YouTube has its own editing style. TikTok has its own style. You know, every platform has its own style. So think about how it's going to be edited. Think about the um, colors as well, the colors of the graphics, also the color grade. Is this warm? Is it cold? Um, is this energetic? Is this going to be slow paced? All of these things will help create the identity of the film. And once you have figured that out in your, in your head, before you've even started, that is going to help you with your shot selection, ensuring that you don't Go watch all the footage until you wait for something to find you. Wait for some kind of inspiration. Have that in mind before you start and you'll be in a better place for it. N stands for nuance. Now you've heard that um, edit the best editing is invisible and it truly is. Uh, nuance is something that every expert practices. You don't want your edit to shout. It shouldn't be loud. Nuance helps you define and find only the footage that you need because it's very easy as you're going through all the footage, especially if you've got three or 10 times more than you actually need to go, oh, that's good. I'll keep put that in. That's good. I'll put that in. That's good. I'll put that in. That's good. That's good. That's good. Where does it stop? You're going to have to practice nuance, leave some of those things out. And if you keep that in mind, as you are pulling your shots, you will save yourself so much time because you're not looking for every single amazing thing that shouts out to you and pops and bangs. You're only looking for the ones that really are integral to the edit that you're creating. This also relates to effects and transitions and not to rely on those. Um, whatever you do should be fairly invisible. You should practice nuance. So think about that as you are looking through the footage. And why stands for why though? Why are you making the film in the first place? What's the purpose of this? What should the audience do at the end once they finished watching your video? If you know that, and I like to write it down, put it up there. It's like my North Star for the video, for every single video. That's my North Star, my why, my why though. Think about that, write it down, and that will dictate, that will help you if you come across a piece of footage, oh, that's interesting, should I include that? Does it answer the why? If it doesn't, forget it. Don't waste your brain power on decisions like that. If you've got a why, posted, noted, you have something to refer back to. And if not, if something doesn't answer that why, you don't put it in, put it in. And it has saved me so much brain power and energy doing this one little thing. That is the shiny method. And that helps you overcome blank timeline syndrome and gives you a framework for things to look out for 
as you are going through the footage for the first time. I need to wrap this up very quickly because we are running over time, but that will help you. The shiny method, um, I'll very quickly run over what we got. Uh, we had the shiny method in order to start with the end in mind. We created a string out. We asked for a paper edit from the client. We let them know and we had a polite but frank conversation to let them know they've overshot. This is a problem. Let's find a solution together. This is not about blame. Speak to the filmmaker to find out what they shot and why they shot it. What the most important scenes were, what the takeaways were, what were the good takes, what were the bad takes and that sort of thing. Go thoroughly over the brief and the treatment to make sure you have a very tight knowledge on exactly what is needed and no more. And, um, and be collaborative with your client. Now, this is just a 20 minute, 25 minute excerpt of the full length 90 minute training within Unspice Pro. If you're interested in finding out the rest, head to unspice.com forward slash pro. And you will look for a course called how to get hours of footage down to minutes. Like I said, it's part of our mission to give practical real world industry knowledge that you can use on your jobs in order to build trust with your clients and get them coming back time and time again and recommending you so that you can work on better jobs. Thank you so much for listening. April the 1st is when the price goes up for Unspice Pro. So make sure if you're sat on the fence, you join before then because um, everything is going to change. The value in there is just growing exponentially and you get access to me, by the way. So you can ask me any questions that you are stuck on, whether that's finding work, getting better work, or even if you're just getting started and you need a step-by-step -step plan to go through to get your first freelance gig. Come and say hello and join the community. There's a really, really lovely bunch in there. And hi guys, if you're listening and you're a member. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you next week. Ciao. Bye.